Welcome to the 99 Challenges Podcast. On each episode in this show, we bring you one challenge that your business can face and invite experts to provide insights on overcoming these challenges. This episode is brought to you by Anywhere Consulting. We solve problems for growing businesses. We follow up each episode with more content at the99challenges.com or at anywhere.consulting. Hello and welcome. I'm your host, Peter Benet, founder of Anywhere Consulting. In today's episode, we will talk about YouTube, more importantly, how businesses can utilize the power of video for their marketing. To discuss, I invited Gergo Sabo, founder of Special Effects Media, a YouTube marketing production company. Hello, Gergo. Welcome to the show. Hi, Peter. Thanks. Thanks for having me. It's my pleasure. So let's start with your journey. We've known each other uh, for a while now. Uh, and I know that you came from the enterprise level client side. So how did you end up with YouTube and streaming video? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I've spent uh, more than 10 years within, within uh, big media, so to say. I spent time with uh, international TV networks, practically. I, I worked for Disney and uh, HBO and uh, Sony Pictures Television. Uh, of course, I've seen that, that part of the media world. And within that, throughout this uh, journey of 10 years as well, more and more, I started to be interested in the digital side of the business. So luckily, within television, I was actually already moving towards digital. I was in the last five years practically looking after uh, digital projects for, for Sony Pictures, which at the beginning, it meant you know looking after uh, the websites of TV channels. And then, and then actually video started to come to these websites. We started to make experiments with catch-up TV, meaning that after the episode has been broadcasted on, on the linear feed, it came to the website into a video player. So we went through all, all of that, but eventually I, I, I started to feel like having a sort of hard time being like one of the sort of digital guys within more traditional linear environments and it became pretty challenging. And, and I also sort of just reached a time in my life when I thought that like an all enterprise would be a great thing. Basically, I went with that and we did something that I have already actually seen in my previous TV network jobs. I've seen in back around 2011-12, based in London in the UK, that the YouTube scene was really starting to boom. You know, back, back then you could already see some of these scenes like a YouTuber girl doing a fan meeting time in a pub and then eventually so much people turn up that the police has to close down the streets <laughs> and things like that. I think like I that. read that news, yeah. Yeah, so so basically things like that started to happen and it became pretty visible that, that big things are happening and I basically wanted to look into that and became interested in... So we started a little video business and on YouTube, basically. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And you, you are a production agency as well, right? So you help influencers to create more engaging videos? We, or we, what exactly special effects media does? We do work with a number of influencers. So YouTubers have like a complex service level around them. So we do help them to grow their audiences on YouTube together. This is pretty... Uh, personal for each of these influencers so someone requires more of this help someone doesn't and also we actually bring to them sponsors advertisers so that's pretty mm -hmm. much the business model on that side and also of course we do have a lot of know-how of how audiences and channels are being built on youtube and other platforms 
uh, what are the sort of you know main considerations when you get into this space how how you actually build audiences and besides the influencers we leverage this on, on creating our own content so own entertainment shows basically on the YouTube and on the Twitch platform as well, actually. And we also actually work directly for brands to build their own presences on social media. Yeah, it's, it's quite different, by the way, if you consider that influencers are more personal, they are individuals, and, you know, businesses like businesses. So I don't want to play out the, the nostalgia card here, but none of us are 20-something kids now. And like 20 years ago, most of the kids wanted to become astronauts and stuff, but now everyone wants to become an influencer. And I understand that logic for individuals, but this trend also influenced the companies and the businesses. So you've been there for enterprise level clients for the last 10, 20 years, how they approached streaming video, YouTube or other platforms. What do you think how this whole influencer trend shaped how companies are approaching YouTube? Are they treating differently as a platform? Are they doing right uh, or wrong? Do you see any good examples on how businesses can approach this platform? It's not just YouTube, it's any, any streaming video, I guess. Yes, yes, absolutely. Uh, yeah, it's an interesting question. How the success of the influencer phenomenon is actually affecting companies' own, uh, own presence. And of course, of course it does, it has to. I mean, the way I see this on the high level, from a brand marketing perspective is that the brand needs to go where their customers are basically. And if it's a brand who's communicating to kind of use audiences, then typically these places are the big social platforms where these people are, are, are present at basically. And of course, if you want to enter a space like that, then you have to learn to translate this into a practical example. You cannot go to YouTube with your TV commercials because YouTube is a different medium, it's a different platform, there's different different people, there's different consumer and viewing behaviors, and there's a different mechanism for discovering and discoverability of content as well. So you just have to put into all these things into consideration. Practically, you just have to learn, learn the platform where you want to be present. I guess that's the sort of main high-level message. If we should go back to the influencer part and whether it's right or wrong that some kids want to uh, be YouTubers <laughs> and that kind of stuff. I, I, I like the analogy, but I think it's actually more accurate to wanting to be YouTube stars versus wanting to be movie stars like 20 years ago. Because to me, it took something similar on the level that it's basically you desire to be seen and you want to be on a screen and you want to have fans, those sort of things. And of course, 20 years or so years ago, that path was to become an actor and uh, be on films and, and, and become on part of huge productions, which is, which is of course still a thing. But this whole thing has pretty much been democratized in a sense as how accessible it became for anyone to put themselves on a screen, basically. So yeah, being a movie star is of course much harder to be, much harder to reach. There's simply for sheer numbers as well. There's just less movie output. There's a couple of hundred films probably every year, maybe more. But in terms of YouTube videos, like you you create one anytime, the, the output is actually a crazy amount. So to stand out from that huge crowd and noise, that requires many, many things. I would put commitment and, and hard work to the first place because yeah. before before the actual, you know, like professional know-how and 
how good you are in front of the <clears throat> camera naturally or not. Then, of course, there is also a lot that can be done on the professional, so to say, level. So to develop your production quality and how you grab and keep mm. attention, how, how the algorithm itself understands your content, which is crucial because, because the algorithm will only suggest your content to users if it understands well what it is. And, and just basically many, many other things we can maybe later go into some detail. That, that go into content strategy and developing an actual audience. So, so it's a lot of work. It's not an easy job. Yeah. And, and, and one more thing on that, on that level, that this kind of life is a little bit in the public. And that kind of stuff is definitely not for everyone. Like being camera shy is, is something you can probably eventually overcome. But if it's a naturally not a comfortable fit for you, then you might not have to actually push it too much. Yeah. Also, can you handle negative comments because you, you you put your content out there you will get that too and sometimes some people handle this with, with no issues but it even might be inspiration actually for them but uh, but for some people it's actually causing serious i don't know like doubts in themselves so it's yeah. also uh, in a big time it's a personality thing as well and it's a personality thing, not on the level of being I- introvert or, or, or extrovert, because interestingly, like many even big successful YouTubers that I know, I wouldn't say that they are really extroverted. So in like a normal offline physical situation, they not necessarily are the kind of real uh, focus of the attention in a group kind of people. So they are they are a little, little bit different. In in that sense, they are much different to like like TV host kind of personalities. Yeah. They they, they have to have sure. a yeah they have to have a, a solid personality. Uh, yes, stand, stand, standing on the ground with two feet down. Yeah. Yeah. So I always tell my clients that because you mentioned commitment and patience in content production. I always tell to my clients that when they create a content strategy or we will create together with them to commit at least half a year or a year to that strategy. Everyone wants quick wins, of course. Everyone goes for low-hanging fruit. But but we discussed this in many uh, previous episodes that those who go uh, for the low-hanging fruit, they usually miss out the high-hanging fruit, which is you know the, 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 the best ones. And my analogy to commitment is always a YouTube star. So if you see any YouTube stars on the platform, usually there is no overnight success. Usually they, they spend valuable months producing day by day content that no one sees only them and their friends maybe and maybe there's one viral video or where the algorithm catches up and then they succeed after like months of content production but until then they stay committed they still stay uh, committed to the daily content production all the time continuously i don't know developing their style polishing their 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 process so yeah, but in terms of companies, we all know that if you're a business, you have the usual two ways uh, of approaching the streaming video, I think. One is the, well, usually boring uh, explainer videos that you can pull out on YouTube, on your product, on your, on your service, on whatever, which are pretty much product demos or, or ads. And the second one is, as you said, as US special effects media, you also do product placements, I guess. Or companies, that's the second route, right? So you're pretty much just using the influencer and their audience to promote your content in many different ways. Now, is there any third way maybe or a backdoor? Do you think that that companies or, or like maybe growing companies or growing businesses 
should start their own YouTube show? Should it be a viable path for a business? Not for an influencer or maybe through an influencer. Depends. But do you see any kind of examples how a business can utilize this? Yeah, yeah. Let's, let's have a look on, you know, like what, what are the ways for a brand to, to appear on a video platform like YouTube? So basically you, you, you can have advertising, right? Which is, which is also a core part of the platform. So you produce your, your 20 second ad, it goes into a pre-roll, you pay for the platform to, to actually push it out to users and, and that's your advertising campaign then you can integrate your product or message and brand into content of existing channels with already built up high reach. So let's, let's call this one influencer marketing. Mm-hmm. And you can actually create your own content. That's not advertising in a sense that you, that you, you don't solely rely on in your distribution strategy, distribution strategy, meaning that who who and why and how is going to actually view this content. So you don't solely rely on paid media, but but actually you try to create content that people want to watch and build your messaging around and into this piece of content. And and I guess we can call this content marketing. So in that uh, breakdown, I would say that advertising and influencer marketing, advertising with its immediate reach and influencer marketing with its also immediate reach, they are practically your short-term, quick effect, scalable reach solutions where you can deliver your messages. And content marketing is more of a long-term and strategic rather than campaign-like approach where you actually start to build an audience from probably from zero and you provide them with the right content continuously and regularly. That's very important. And you, throughout this process, you basically learn what resonates best with them. And your primary goal is, is basically organic views, which results, of course, in much higher engagement than the views of your paid advertising. So eventually this becomes, I think, a very, very valuable part of your messaging that you put out there because the views from people who actually decided that you, what you, they want to watch your content rather than having been served and advertising when they wanted to actually watch something else are, are, are basically the most valuable for you as a brand, in my view. So there are you know, numerous tools and solutions that need to be fit to your sort of strategic goals. When you say boring corporate videos, I think those are more like bad examples. So I think they are more like bad executions and, and come from not understanding the platform completely and, and what the viewers do and how they behave on the platform and what they expect to see on the platform. But the sort of, you know, the wider picture is that the video video is really big and it's just getting bigger and bigger. Like wherever visuality, like seeing things is important. It's simply a better medium than text or still image or, or audio even. So we also know the trend of people viewing video vs reading text is growing. You know, whether that's a good or bad thing, that's another topic, but it's a, it's a thing for young people. So video is important. And once, of course, you decide you needed video, you have to figure out a, a number of things, like what platform you are actually going to use. There's a you know, pretty, pretty big selection by now, but, uh, and also just staying a little bit on this, uh, on this corp- boring corporate kind of video output line. So I think there's a lot uh, of opportunities basically that you can do that just have to figure out like what, what are the things that uh, people are interested in 
at and they are and they are actually also part of what you are as a brand or product or company and and you know you try to find the the sweet spot yeah exactly exactly so you know the things like there's in interesting categories like how to for instance is a huge category on youtube how to how to yeah. this uh, how to do this and that and, and as a brand you can actually start to own some of that around your own industry you can't even count how how many industries i became expert through how to videos by the way personally but yeah you can learn uh, a lot of things basically <laughs> you can learn a lot of things and then you know sometimes they are like very useful like the battery goes off in the remote control of my car i i, I can't open it for some reason i just can't figure out how to open it i i put it in youtube put in the type on my car remote control battery dead there's a video showing me exactly how to open that i open it and i yeah it's working yeah it's working yeah so it's it's amazing actually let's talk about production because in in recent episodes of this show we we covered podcasting for once and we also covered webinars as a platform and i think both of them are really great examples of good long-term content marketing approaches and youtube or, or videos are are also one of those but cost is definitely a challenging part in this situation i think so if you talk about a little bit more about the production part i think our audience are or or like growing business owners can assess how much resources they need to pull in to start well a youtube career so what is the ideal production process for a, for a youtube video i know that currently pretty much everyone can start a YouTube video show with an iPhone if, if you're talking about a, a normal influencer. But I guess there is more to that. For example, you right now are sitting in a studio of your company. So do you think that every company or business, when they are starting a YouTube show, should have a production process, their own professional gear? Do they need to invest into that? Or what are the practical tips that you can give? When it comes to the production, what are the missteps that we, they can take? What should be the ideal scenario? Yeah, I think I think a, a brand has to look. I mean, a, a brand has to care a little bit more of their presence than your regular YouTuber from from day one, basically. Because if you are just a you know a person just doing your private stuff and, and videos, you can you can you can actually start pretty low key, and you you don't necessarily have to take that much care into yeah. let's say into your early videos because uh, you already know that as you as you develop you're going to be improving your presence and looks and production quality and style and everything versus that i think a brand has to be pretty much on on spot and on brand from day one they can't really afford lower production quality and things like that because that's what expected from them elsewhere as well that's what they actually expect from them in many other places as well in their you know in their physical presence and everywhere else as well i think a brand has basically less time to develop their own uh, style and find their own ways because they are not just they are not starting their public output when they are starting their youtube presence they are actually already in many many places and basically they just need to meet that expectation but creating youtube videos is easy but it's but it's not easy so practically yeah. every single one of the successful youtubers i we know put in very hard work to succeed you know if we just think about uh, it for a second like week by week okay let's say you publish every week then week by week every week you have to come up with something that has to keep an audience engaged and interested not just for three weeks but for one two three years and ongoing 
and you have to come up with it, maybe script it, write it, figure out uh, where and how you want to do it. You have to shoot it, edit it, and work maybe long nights of post-production. That's that's not easy, right? So it's hard sure. work. And, you know, like, of course, with routine, it becomes easier. But but even to this day, the, the biggest ones as well, they do re-record their stuff. It's not like they just uh, spend that 10 minutes. So their video is like 10 minutes, but shooting their video is not 10 minutes, right? And also, moreover, building a you know, successful YouTube presence is not simply about creating videos. So there's a lot of you know, content strategy and there's further considerations. There's your production quality. There's optimization for YouTube. There are search engine and metadata considerations. There's a publishing strategy, how often and when you publish content. There's rights management and copyright challenges. There's design yeah. questions. You create thumbnails to your videos. The, which is very important. The combo combination of thumbnails and titles is what makes people decide whether they're going to click or don't click on your content. So still staying within YouTubers, to some, this comes a bit more in- instinctively, some learn it, but, but there's basically a lot of know-how and, and many details that go into practically every big channel. Overall, what you work towards is, is to reach kind of an optimum of how users are watching content on the platform on YouTube and also how the algorithm itself works because your success is basically based on these two. So not not so many realizes this, but YouTube actually isn't a platform where the actual following is the most important factor in how many views a next video will be able to generate. So it's just much more complex than that. The majority of the traffic for a successful video will, uh, will come from the YouTube suggestions. So the, basically the mm-hmm. video will be offered to people who have been watching something else before. Now for the system algorithm, whatever we call it, for it to be able to determine best what video it should offer to what user after what other video is just absolutely crucial. The algorithm understands as much as possible about what that particular piece of content is. So for that metadata, Video description, title, tags is just super important. And that's that's the main source for the algorithm to understand what it is. Then there is, of course, uh, initial reactions to the video. So it seems it sees from the initial viewer responses, the very few, very first views on, on the videos, like mm-hmm. how, how much people like that video and what type of people like that video. So it starts to make assumptions on whether it should suggest it and who's to suggest it to. In terms of, and in terms of what matters uh, most for the algorithm in deciding whether that piece of content is worth suggesting or not, that's also not a straightforward, simple thing. So it's not just based on likes. It would be a combination of engagement metrics. Probably most important thing being there is watch time. So how long people are viewing your video. So if a video is viewed for a long time, it's probably a right assumption that to think that it's interesting for the users. So it's a complex job. And Big channels and big audiences just don't happen without a reason. There's always a huge amount of work uh, behind them. So because it is a super complicated job to actually launch a, shall we say, YouTube career, do you think that it should be outsourced for a business to an agency, for example, like yours, or it can be moved in-house through their existing marketing resources, maybe. So let's just say, I don't know, there is a course that marketing people can take within the company to learn how to become better on YouTube. 
from my understanding so far, for a successful YouTube launch, you need a videographer at least, a graphic designer to generate all of the, uh, the graphic details around the stuff, not moving images, just still images like thumbnails, and at least an analytics slash copywriter slash manager. And we are not even talking about the promotion side, right? So do you think it should be outsourced or, or companies can solve this in-house? Yeah, I think that what you listed is a good is a good base. Of course, it depends on what type of content you know the company decides to create. I think there are some companies who are closer to video and for whom creating video is much more embedded into like who they are and and, and what they do. And in those certain aspects, it's probably can work very well in house. Also, everyone else I think can do it themselves if they are willing to invest time and resource into it. So it's practically a resource question. And if they are willing to learn it, because of course everyone can learn it, the information is, is publicly available. So, so that's of course completely viable. I think the question is whether everyone needs to be a specialist in this and not only this, but so many other areas as well that today's digital world kind of requires you to be present at. So my view basically is that the company needs to drive the high-level brand considerations, making sure that its its output is consistent across every communication platform and, and probably can leave the implementation on specialists in close collaboration to in-house teams. I think if you have to generalize, then I think that's that's probably a, the, the, the best approach. So even within YouTube, I think there are elements that are best kept in-house, like as an example, the commenting sections of the YouTube videos. However, whether every company should set up a small video production unit with the capability to plan, strategize, shoot, edit, handle content management rights, whatsoever, I, I don't think that's realistic. Sure, sure. I understand. And how do you see the future? So there are a lot of new platforms just came up and like TikTok, you can even do Instagram videos now, there's Twitch. So there are a lot of new platforms and uh, compared to them, at least to me, YouTube much more likely turning into a movie theater, as you said, and a slow moving vehicle compared to these small instant videos uh, like these new ones. What do you think that how this relationship will be holding up in the future? So do you think that Twitch and the others, like the small ones, um, will become more prominent or they just extend the mammoth YouTube? Yeah, that's a very interesting and exciting question. So a really big emphasis, major social platforms started to have a very serious video strategy some time ago by now. And this is a very important question for basically every brand who is thinking about video and what, what platform they should be using, right? They, they probably can't really be on every single platform and you have to choose the right one for you. And I guess the main advice on that front from, from me is just to uh, learn and uh, discover and research like where your primary audience is and, and just learn that platform and go after that. It's a very high level, I guess, and, and quick, quick recap on platforms is, so there's Facebook, of course, with uh, with very low organic views, basically. So you have to pay for content to be distributed though of course there's certain video strategies for facebook as well but to be honest i don't see it as the most uh, exciting platform for video at the moment there's uh, tiktok is on the other hand is very very exciting right the way it 
very quickly and very dynamically grew in the last uh, couple of years. Even a year ago, I didn't believe they will be able to overcome what their initial main content approach was, which is the lip sync music videos kind of thing, which was doing great for them because it made them really popular. But I, I was thinking that it's going to limit them too much. And I didn't see how they would be able to get past that. But they pulled it off somehow. <laughs> they really became a, a proper big generic platform. There's not just uh, lip syncing videos there anymore. The recommendation engine is super smart. It's probably best or as good as YouTube's one. You don't have to be followers of creators to be able to see their content. So it goes back to the recommendation engine. As a brand, when you are looking for uh, audiences, I think you should be looking for content with depth. So that mm -hmm. means practically longer form content, YouTube videos or, or, or podcasts. So these are typically longer and, and, and just require from the, from the audience to, you know, sit down and get a bit more engaged versus when you just simply scroll through content in yeah. a matter of seconds on Instagram and to some extent on TikTok as well. This is also the reason, main reason, in my opinion, why YouTube is, will continue to be such a dominant platform in the future. Mm. Cool, cool, cool. Is there any tips that you think you need to share with the audience when they are trying to go into the YouTube scene that they have to follow these steps from you to avoid any hiccups and build a successful audience? I would say something which is not even a professional tip, but, but it's very important and it's very often overlooked. It's just simply that they just have to learn and understand the, the platform. And the best way to do it is, is basically just to spend time in it And, and, and watch content and read comments and, 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 and try everything and, and basically spend, spend time with it and start to develop a feeling for how uh, content is working and how audiences are working within that platform. Do you read YouTube comments? <laughs> I, I read YouTube comments. Content we produce, I, I actually read YouTube comments. Yeah. Cool. Can you share some contact details uh, with the audience, please? So if they want to engage with you or they are looking for an ex external agency, Uh, to produce their YouTube videos, where can they reach you? Yeah, you can best probably reach me on LinkedIn under my name, Gergő Szabó, spells G-E-R-G-O and S-Z-A-B-O and our company is Special Effects Media. Cool, thank you. Thank you for sharing these insights and thank you for being on the show. Thank you, Peter. Lovely to be part of um, your podcast. Thank you very much. Thank you. I hope we could share valuable insights on YouTube and how you can start a YouTube show as a business. We will follow up this episode on our site at the99challenges.com. Thank you for listening. Thank you for tuning in to the 99 Challenges show. We follow up each episode with more content at the99challenges.com or at anywhere.consulting. Have a specific challenge you want us to discuss? Want to be a guest on our show? feel free to drop us a line at info at anywhere.consulting. Until next time, take care and grow.